All right, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Seven Figure Prospecting Bootcamp. This is a cohort-based sales program that I put together and run. Uh, most people right now, uh, salespeople, SDRs, founders, AEs, sales leaders are struggling to hit their pipeline goals. Uh, they're trying to solve it by winging it every day. They might read a sales book. Uh, they might take an on-demand course that leaves them really craving some some one-on-one -on -one attention and coaching. And so that's why I created this bootcamp. Uh, it's 30 days, intensive coaching, uh, cohort style run by me. So uh, every week you're going to get live calls with me teaching you the fundamentals of prospecting, uh, how to sell to the problem, cold email, time management, cold call, all that. Use your sales tools to build massive amounts of pipeline. Uh, you're going to get office hours with me where you can get one-on-one -on -one coaching. We're going to have amazing guest speakers. Former speakers have been Ian Cognac, Samantha McKenna, uh, Justin Walsh joined us one time, just some badasses in the space. Uh, and then tap into community. You got dozens of other like-minded salespeople in the trenches with you learning and growing um, that you can learn from, that you can chat with, that you can build community with. Uh, so that's all packaged together. The next cohort starts January 2nd. Love to see you there. Uh, exclusively for podcast members, uh, people that listen to the podcast, you can check out the link in the profile or on my LinkedIn page. It's also on tasales.co. But if you type in the code podcast, you will get 20% off your order. So go check out uh, at the checkout line. Use the coupon code podcast. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T to get 20% off. All right, now to the episode. Thanks for joining me today. This is uh, one of the first few episodes I'm doing for my friend Tom as a guest host for the Millennial Sales Podcast. And I'm here today with a good friend of mine. One of those like LinkedIn connections, become friends, and next thing you know, you find yourself like, how did we meet again? And uh, right, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But Brandon, I, I'll just say this. You're someone that I have admired from afar. Your content has shown me that there's multiple ways to reach people and to connect with your audience. And so I'd love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, then we can get into how we met. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm a uh, account executive over at a company called uh, Matheson, which is a, a, what we aim to do is help HR teams be able to measure their um, diversity, equity, inclusion efforts. And we do that with uh, quantitative um, data. So that's a little bit about what I do at work. Um, fun fact about, or a couple of fun facts about me is I studied abroad in Costa Rica in Spanish. I skydived in Washington. And I recently um, uh, went international in Europe for the first time in Italy with my girlfriend this past summer. So love to travel, love to try new things. I love to hear it, man. You're, you're inspiring me. I don't know if my girlfriend can hear that or not, because now I'm going <laughs> to need to take Giving her. her some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to think of some plans now. So, all right. Going back to it, I had mentioned how I admired you from afar, but I do remember, uh, generally speaking, there was a post that you made can't remember the exact one, but it was not the first one I had seen of yours. You'd started coming up and you had at that time you were working um, at Sendoso. And so you had this mm -hmm. like orange background in your profile picture. 
and I just kept seeing this orange profile picture, this orange <laughs> profile picture. And I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? He keeps showing up in my feed. And then I decided to start commenting on one of your posts. And this comment got longer and longer and longer. And I'm like, damn, I'm really, this post must have been fire. So instead of just posting the comment, I ended up posting my comment as a post, as a response to yours. And then I finally, you know, I met my idol. I I gave you the DM and it was like, hey, man, I admired your work from afar. Let's talk. Let's sit down and talk and see where this Mm -hmm. conversation goes. And did it go? Uh, we obviously ended up connecting, but I'm one of the first things I want to talk about is what we built together and mm-hmm. how we as individuals came to need that, you know, resource and then how we obviously created it for, for other people. Uh, do you want to tell them about that resource? Yeah. So yeah. And, and thanks for, uh, kind of highlighting what we were, how we, we're able to uh, connect organically through, you know, just being popped up on your feed. And with, so we were talking and even my background getting into sales tech was, I, I would say somewhat lucky. I was able to do a boot camp, and they really helped me, you know, partner with different organizations to get interviews. And so you know, I guess the rest was up to me as far as doing well in the interviews, but even they helped me prep with that. So I just knew that not everyone was one aware of those type of resources as far as boot camps and stuff like that. And then two, didn't know, I guess, the the right approaches when it comes to going inside of an interview, uh, you know, nerves and also not honestly knowing some of the skills. Like I think a a lot of people come in and they want to regurgitate their resume because that's like what's comfortable is being able to share some of the things that you are able to accomplish. But looking at it from a hiring manager's perspective, you you really have a finite amount of time, more or less like, I mean, it's a usually 30 minute interview. So really you have like five minutes to showcase like, how you're meaningfully different than all the other candidates because you got to assume that everyone has like similar resumes so yeah me and you were talking and we wanted just to showcase like not only from like a tactical standpoint like approaching interviews but also from a confidence level and I know one of your taglines is choose confidence today and that's something that really resonated with me because confidence is honestly half the battle and you in from my perspective you gain more confidence the more prepared you are coming in so um we decided to do this uh carousel and basically like you know a couple of tips and tricks um going into an interview and how to like be more confident in going into that interview and i think it really resonated with a lot of people I know you received DMs afterwards. I did too. And, you know, it was very engaging um, carousel. And and it, it really showed me that there's still a really big gap in how people and how candidates approach interviews. So I think it was it was really awesome to see how impactful it was. 
and how we were really, you know, aiming to help and help a lot of people get jobs. <laughs> yeah, I just going back to the the heart and origins behind it. I think we had both felt the sting of that sudden loss. It could be a loss of job. It could be loss right. of, you know, what I would call professional self-esteem. And we were just in this space where all around us, we were seeing that pain um, just regurgitated and repeated by all these other people around us. And we're kind of kindred spirits in the sense that if we've gone through something, we want to support the folks where we can. I, I say in my post, help where you've hurt, right? So if there's a pain you felt and you know how to avoid it, how can you give back and or reach back and support the folks behind you? So yeah, I think the the ironic part about the SDR fire drill is that the day before I had my sudden job loss and it was bittersweet because obviously I went through that loss, but then it happened to be my birthday and I was able to give back, right? So my post is about how it's my birthday, but I was able to give back and it was very uh, meta in that way. Fun fact about that, I turned 32 on 32323 23. I I couldn't have planned it. I mean that was that but, was wild. Yeah, yeah. So, stars are aligning. Yeah, it was it was meant to be. Um we we're actually we're due. We need to like a, do a 2.0 with that thing now. Yeah, I agree. So, we talked about the fire drill, the initiative. Um I, I'd love to know how you started your content journey because I would imagine like myself, your career, your content journey have definitely intertwined and had led into one another. Um, and we can talk about how those things have happened, but I'd love to hear first your content journey while you decided to start posting. And then we can get into how that led to career opportunities. Yeah, I think that's a great question. With when I was at Sendoso and the primary the first initial reason was like, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And honestly, I was looking at it kind of from a selfish standpoint of, oh, let's see if this drives leads. Cause I had, my buyer persona was marketing and salespeople. And, you know, that's a huge amount of people that are on LinkedIn. So my content initially was pretty trash. And then once I like took a step back and I started looking at other people's content that I admired, I realized that it really came from a consultative slash very helpful lens. And I think that's ultimately what I was aiming to do is like, there's just a huge, in my opinion, still a very huge gap in SDR enablement and just sales enablement in general. And I feel like a lot of things that, I started picking up one just as an SDR, you like, it didn't feel right to like keep to myself. Mm -hmm. And so there was one example of uh, a post that I did really well, you know, later down when I was still in Sendoso on how I ended up, you know, I had a meeting set and then I set a reminder and it annoyed the, it annoyed the prospect so much that he decided to cancel the meeting. And then I replied back like, hey, this isn't on Sendoso. It's on me. Like, I understand where you're coming from. It's a learning moment. Like, I'll learn from it. So thank you for that. And like 20 minutes later, he was like, you know what? Like, 
mistakes happen. Let's let's get it back on the books. Just don't spam me again. And then I just screenshotted the email thread and posted it on LinkedIn because I wanted to show like the more authentic side of being yeah. an SDR. Like I feel like a lot of leaders on LinkedIn kind of show like the highlights and the the all the successes that that come with it. But there's a lot of like it's a roller coaster, and I think it's kind of inevitable. So that's kind of where I started going to, with my content. It's like, yeah. you know what? Screw this. Like, I'm going to show like the good, the bad, and the ugly of sales. But not only of sales, but just like personal struggles and personal ups and downs as well. Like being black and tag and being, an un, you know, part of like an under, underrepresented community and like a kind of white field space and you know, feeling alone at times or feeling like the only at times and, you know, all those things. And I feel like it really started resonating with a lot of people. And I met a lot of people on LinkedIn because of that. So I'm always grateful that I did start posting because it, it led me to have this community and meet so many awesome people from different, all facets of, of life and of the world. So, yeah. That's right. And there's so many things to touch on about, you know, the things you mentioned, we'll go down some of those threads. But first, I want to say for those that might be new to the sales game, buyer personas, to put it very simply, uh, Brandon was selling to sellers. It was very meta, but it's one of the coolest opportunities because you know the sort of days in, days out, the rhythms of your, your audience. And then to be able to find them so readily on LinkedIn, it really becomes this sort of symbiotic sort of... Uh, perspective and I will we'll talk about why content is important but you touched on a couple things that I feel are worth really uh sitting with the first and this is I'm so glad you mentioned it is your authenticity so I think that's part of both of our brands is being authentic being vulnerable and why hide right and the at the end of the day like there's there's nothing that we've experienced that's so bad that someone else hasn't and so I think we inspire and encourage other people with that vulnerability. But um, I would I would love for you to just go a layer deeper on that. What what allowed you to have that confidence to post the vulnerability and the flaws and the failures? Because it's not something you see every day on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I think, well, one, seeing uh, there's a popular um, LinkedIn figure. Uh, Zoe Hartsfield that I'm sure you're familiar with mm -hmm. and even before I started posting I noticed just how raw and very vulnerable and transparent she was you right. know just about personal struggles that she dealt with how that relates to you know her jobs and in her work life and I feel like it just really resonated with me like like, cause like you said, not everyone's that vulnerable, like on social media and in, especially in kind of like the professional network setting of LinkedIn. So I think she was one of the first that I was just like, huh, like she's kind of making it an okay space to be vulnerable. But then also I always think about like a little background about me in high school, I was in the uh, part of the Black History Brain Bowl. So I learned a lot about black history even more so than you know the typical things that you would learn in in high school 
and so I knew a lot about just people that I never met and that I feel like were you know extreme role models to me um uh, Maya Angelou uh, Richard Wright um, Malcolm X and I just always thought about like the trials and tribulations they had with discrimination with racism and they were still giving public speeches you know in front of thousands of people and still willing to risk their lives and some ultimately did you know uh, unfortunately get their lives taken away for the greater good so it kind of like what you mentioned before like about nothing that I've experienced personally is nothing that you know somewhere out there in the LinkedIn universe someone else has an experience and then also just a flashback in history it's like nothing that I've experienced is even in the magnitude that my ancestors or my predecessors have experienced so like I guess what would be stopping me from from sharing my stories so I think looking at it in both lens one seeing on my feed like a lot of vulnerability from different people and then two kind of like retracing my my history as well I think kind of inspired me to share stories that I feel like would resonate with different folks especially underrepresented communities and I think it it really has been impactful like I I think it's allowed I think I'm seeing more vulnerability on LinkedIn than I ever have now and it's really it's really awesome to see because I think that's that's the only real path to growth is like getting outside of your comfort zone. Like if you feel like if you feel a pit in your stomach, to me, that's a good thing. It's like like there's still days, you know, I'm I'm about to hit post and I'm like, oof, like I, I kind of like tense up a little bit. Like so I'm not this isn't to say like, oh, I just have this superpower of not feeling anything like, no, I still like, you know, have kind of that nervous energy it, you know when I feel like oh this might be a controversial one oh there might be some disagreement on on my comment thread you know etc but I think ultimately like I always think of like kind of like in a stoic mindset of like okay what's worst case scenario like on LinkedIn like someone like cusses me out gives me racial slurs on LinkedIn I don't know like mm -hmm. maybe that's worst case scenario it's like and then ask myself, well, why is that okay? Like, why will it still be okay? Yeah. And then I feel like that really helps me out. It's like, I'm already envisioning like, all right, this is the worst that can happen. And why would that still be okay? Like, right. why would I, you know, still be okay? Like, yeah, maybe in the moment it would emotionally challenge, be emotionally challenging, but kind of looking at the big picture is helpful too it sure is you you touched on so many encouraging things there apologies for the fire trucks in the background <laughs> i uh i live on santa monica boulevard so it gets a little busy out here um and shout out to us i, I got up before the sun i beat the sun out here in the west coast it's what morning time over in the east side yes uh i'm still waking up getting crushed out my eyes on the west side but worth <laughs> it worth it for yes. sure um, yeah, you touched on the vulnerability. I love what you said about facing those fears. What is the worst that could happen? And when we really stop and think about what is the worst that could happen, nine times out of 10, it's someone saying something mean about us. 
especially if you're a content creator on the internet. It's someone saying something mean about us. And I think when we really stop in our moments of like clarity, we realize, huh, that says more about them than it does about me. And I actually, and this is gonna sound weird, I can empathize with that person instead of being afraid of them. Because what must be going on in their world, in their world, in their day-to-day that would cause them to lash out at a stranger on the internet? And so it is really being able to re reconfigure or reframe some of those situations and how you view them. And it allows you to become a better content creator. Now, we've talked a lot about content creation. And uh, we've also talked about being black. I don't know if we've mentioned that. We're both obviously African-Americans. If you can't you know, see this, if you listen to this podcast, we're both black sellers. And it does come up in our day-to-day and it does come up in our, our work. It's something that is, uh, we're reminded of very frequently. Um, but we've, we've kind of woven that through a, a lot of different things today. And where I wanted to take it next was, you know, how does that, vulnerability how does that sense of what's the worst that can happen actually serve and support you as a seller because i think that's where these things come together in this podcast episode can really be impactful what is the link between those two yeah i think it's huge in sales i think you have to have um i'm a big fan of the author daniel pink he has a couple of books on sales and, and one of them is uh, to sell as human. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this idea of buoyancy. So basically being able to stay afloat above the water, if you will, mm-hmm. because in sales, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to, you're going to be, you know, maybe having to tread water a little bit because there's, a lot of external things and factors that can distract you from, I guess, your ultimate goal, like, oh, this prospect hasn't responded, or they ghosted me, or they pulled out on the uh, DocuSign at the last minute, etc. So I think all those kind of things, I feel like happen. And it's almost like you have to kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you like in my mind as a seller, like I already know those things are going to happen. Like, because I've talked to a lot of different sellers and even some of the best sellers and bad outcomes even happen to like the, the best sellers. Like mm-hmm. they maybe don't hit quota in a quarter. Maybe they uh, miss out on a deal that they thought was a sure thing, et cetera. Like I, you know, I feel like most most even great sellers have bad outcomes. So I think just coming into it and understanding like those things are going to happen and like, what, why is that okay? And then kind of basically, what am I going to do about it? Right. Cause it's like, I mean, I can ruminate and say like, Oh, woe is me and all this stuff. But is that, is that serving me for, the ultimate outcomes that I want, like next time, probably not. Like we're all human. Like, yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah. You can have certain moments. Like I always tell people, like, it's not that you're repressing emotions, like let, let your anger, let your frustrations out, but let them, 
let them like out for like two minutes. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like if you need to go outside, take a walk, like, you know, cuss at yourself for five minutes, whatever you need to do. But then like after that, it's like, boom, okay, now, now it's on. Now we're like moving forward. I always feel like that's, that's kind of the mindset you have to say. I know what's really popular on LinkedIn um, from, from some actually salespeople that really admires this concept of detaching from the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I like to tweak that a little bit because I feel like when, when we use the term detach from the outcome, I feel like that you don't want to like detach from having desire and having like a want of a certain outcome. Like, I feel like that's normal. I think what is healthy is kind of what I was referring to before is having a sense of frustration and anger and then for a moment and then letting it go. And then also over time, as you like get more reps in, as you experience kind of like maybe some setbacks more and more and more, you just naturally start detaching even more. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like, I feel like in baseball or even like Michael Jordan, right? Like he, he, I think I saw a stat where he was actually only 50% successful in his, um, I guess his clutch shots, like shots under 10 seconds or something mm -hmm. like that. A lot of people think of like all the highlights where he hit the game shots, but he actually, it still was a coin flip, yeah. right? So with that, it's like there, there's going to be some setbacks and you shouldn't necessarily like um, detach from it. But I think the more reps you get, the more you see like, oh, okay, like I missed that. That's why Jordan was already always ready for the next the next moment because he, he could detach from like missing the shot and he didn't shy away from that chance the next time. And I feel like that's the same approach you should have in sales. It's like you should always be ready for the next opportunity because that will be the one where that could be the next one where you're able to close that deal. You're able to set that meeting. So that's how I think about it. It's it's a wonderful point. And I think that you you hit the nail on the head with uh with Jordan. I'm looking to see here. There's a commercial where he says that. He says, I've missed, I've failed numerous times. I've been called on to hit the game winner and I failed over what's 20, 30 times or something like that. Um, but it's so interesting because everyone's gonna have failure. All the greats have failure. Uh, I'm looking to see Jordan missed all those shots, right? Um, even Drake had uh, nothing was the same. So we we all have our. I'm just kidding. Big Drake fan. It was the same. <laughs> I was like, whoa, man, that that to me is is a part of his you know nothing classic discography. He's one of the greats, actually. I'm a big fan. <laughs> that's a we're gonna put that in the poll now. Scorpion. That that's another uh, topic for discussion. <laughs> Scorpion. It's actually <laughs> probably the worst one. Um, big views fan. I know take care is yes. a lot of popularity too. Um, that that's for another podcast. Yeah, we can get to the next the, <laughs> no, episode. Um, so we touched on a lot of different things. Um, I I do think that this this uh podcast episode can be beneficial for young sellers or people who want to get into tech. And so they've heard a lot about us talking about content and posting. Um, we've talked about confidence. You, you put my my mantra out there, choose confidence today. I'm such a nerd. I get uh, my journals engraved with it. I go to Moleskin and get hey choose man, confidence. Hey, man, it's time to get a trademark. 
yeah, I gotta work on it. I gotta work on that. Um, one thing at a time though, finish this episode. Sure, for sure. Um, so you've you've hit on a number of things, but I guess the point where I think you could be really helpful is why should someone even consider sales? It it doesn't seem inviting on the surface. You what you're gonna call strangers and convince them to give you money. Like that doesn't even make sense, right? But it does. There's a career out of it. So why would someone, why should someone consider that? Yeah, well, I think the easier question or to answer is, I guess, why shouldn't you do sales? And there's a couple of things I always tell people that were like, hit me up. Hey, Brandon, like I literally had someone yesterday. I was like, hey, Brandon, like I'm uh, I'm from Columbia. Like I'm thinking about becoming an SDR. You know, what are some things, you know, I should know that kind of stuff. And in my opinion, like I always, I think the best way to sell honestly is actually to convince them not to do something. And mm-hmm. that's why I think about to a sales. So the reason why I feel like you wouldn't want to do sales is if one, you you're not you're not you're not willing you don't have a growth mindset basically mm-hmm. if you have a fixed mindset on certain outcomes like you know okay i have quotas hitting 12 meetings a month like i'm going to spray and pray like 300 emails like a week then if if that doesn't work like are you willing to adjust are you willing to try different channels are you willing to you know, swallow your pride and ask your manager for help, ask for other peers or even outside of your organization. Like, are you willing to have a setback, like take one step back and take two steps forward? So I think the first thing is like, the most important thing is mindset because it, no matter what company you're with, like it, it's hard. It's, it's tough to get in the phone to, as you put it, to try to, enable people to maybe I mean because what you're doing is you're trying to change a behavior yeah that's true and so a lot of it honestly is like behavior psychology and buyer psychology you're trying to like change someone's mindset of like what they're doing right now which is not the easy no, thing to do especially when there's multiple stakeholders involved it's usually not just one person so I think ha- you have to uh, like if you don't have a growth mindset and honestly that's also not shade by the way like it's not like saying like oh if you because like some people are really good at repetitive type of work and where they know what they need to do to get a certain outcome and it's not very volatile like Mm -hmm. if that's like you then sales is probably not for you because sales is very volatile there's a lot of variables so you have to be, you have to have kind of like an even kill mindset. So with that now, why would you want to do sales? Well, one, there's just a ton of growth potential. Like you can, for example, I mean, in my personal, I guess, career, I started as an SDR in September of 2021. Fast forward two years later now, I am now a senior account executive. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can grow substantially fast 
and you can get money substantially quickly. So mm. I think that's without having any type of background in sales or without even, I didn't have a background in sales. I didn't go to school for sales. So you can, so if you're looking for something where one, you don't need certifications or a degree, any type of background, and then two, you want in, you want to be able to grow really fast, like in revenue potential and also just in tier levels. I, I don't know many other careers where you can do it as quickly than sales. I really don't. Like I, without having to have a degree or certification, without having to go back to school, you don't need an MBA. You don't need like any certifications really. Like you just have to like have like a pretty, you have to have a growth mindset. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's there for the taking. Like I think, and the other thing too is if you're an underrepresented like group, if you're a woman, if you're black, Hispanic, um, if you're gay, lesbian, et cetera, don't don't have fear for like lack of visibility mm -hmm. in like representation in tech. Like I felt that too. Just there is resources out there and feel free to hit me up too on LinkedIn, but I don't want that to be a deterrent either. Cause I feel like that's kind of some sentiments as well, like in tech and in sales, it's like, Oh, this isn't really for, this is like a white man's world. You know what I'm saying? This isn't my world. So I, 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 I empathize with that. I definitely understand that. And there's, you just have to, for lack of a better word, you have to start playing their game. You have to start playing text game. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to do that, but we can get to that later. But um, why sales, revenue potential, and tier promotion type potential? Like, I don't know any professional on the top of my head, you can do that without having degree, without having extra like education. That's right. Um, and before we wrap up, I would just add on to that. Sales is difficult. It is scary. Um, you mentioned it's changing behaviors and I believe ultimately it's changing perspectives. So if you can give someone context for a problem they're facing, you are then in a place to change their perspective on how to solve it. And a lot of the times we go into these sales conversations, we think, oh, I need to give them my product. I need to tell them all the features and the benefits. But first you have to understand how are they using it? Like, what is their problem? Are they even aware that this solution exists? Uh, I've heard a really great example of, you know, you go to sell a car, for example, and you want to talk about, see, you want to talk about features and benefits, but like you never ask the mom, like, how are you going to use this? And maybe cup holders and maybe seats uh, and the stow and go is what she cares about because she's got soccer matches to run to every weekend, right? But just knowing your your buyer and what their problems are is so important. We only got a few minutes left. So I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up. It's a tricky one, but I'd love to see where you take it. And that question is, what's a mistake you're proud of? Man, that is a tricky one. 
usually the, the, longer the, silence, the longer the silence the better the, the, the yeah answer. honestly a mistake that i'm proud of is probably my it wasn't a mistake though i, I would say the mistake that i'm proud of would be I guess it was out, outside of my control, so I don't know how much of a mistake it was, but be, being rifted twice this year, I, I'm i proud in the sense that I feel like everything within my control, I was able to do with those organizations. And it also helped me understand just tech business. Like, I feel like a lot... in. The disclaimer here is I understand my privilege as far as I'm I am not married, I don't have kids. So really I only have to support myself. And I also have like a lot of um savings and stuff like that. But I would say I learned in tech that you have to you have to like move forward really quickly no matter what, whether it's a good thing that happened or a bad thing that happened. You have to like quickly, like celebrate your wins quickly and also celebrate or not celebrate, but understand your losses quickly too. So I think that's something that I'm proud of. I think I'm proud of it. I'm proud of how I responded to it. Yeah. I guess responded to the mistakes. I don't know if you want to call them business mistakes that happen to affect me, but um, that's, that's deemed for interpretation. So that's yeah. what I would say. That's that question, you know, is the aim there is to to foster that sense of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes here, so I, I want to give you the stage to plug anything that you've got going on, any future projects, and let people know how they can connect with you. So take a couple of minutes to, to take us out, Brandon. Yeah, uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I, you know, typically share a lot of, you know, personal stories, sales stories, sales tips, um, a lot of interview and hiring tips, and just overall business related things. And then a lot of it sometimes is miscellaneous too. Uh, Matheson, we are a a smaller startup. Uh, We, for any, you know, DI leaders, HR leaders, talent acquisition leaders, uh, please, you know, let us know how we can help you or how we might help. That is, uh, we, you know, recently launched some products that we think we've gotten really good feedback on from that community. And we're really excited to to help a lot of a lot of HR teams and honestly, a lot of employees um, be, because of because of this tool. So and I give a shout out to Blake himself. I mean, uh, he recently launched, um, correct me if I'm wrong, story selling mm-hmm. and I um, took a peek at it myself. It's very resourceful. I think, like we mentioned in the top of the podcast, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to interviews. And I think it really can determine if you go to that next stage or not, and if you get offers or not. And the more offers you can get, the more leverage you have for negotiation. So (laughs) please check out uh, Story Selling. Um, it's a really good resource. 
I appreciate the plug. I promise I didn't ask Brandon to do that, but he, um, he, I, he did not. <laughs> story selling the interview course, uh, we call it stick for short. And um, it is something I invest a lot of time in, but I got to say, it is something I invested time in because of people like you, Brandon, your vulnerability, your confidence has been inspiring to me. Um, that's why I'm grateful to be here this morning. And the sun is finally up on the West Coast. Uh, but like I said, worth it. So that being said, man, I just want to thank you for your time. This has really been great. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the Millennial Sales Podcast. Yes, let's go. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Brandon.